Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Thursday, February 2nd. Let's jump into today's top stories. The Athletics' Nicole Auerbach asks NCAA Vice President of Enforcement John Duncan about the NIL presumption and how the enforcement team separates fact from fiction when it comes to reports or rumors. Auerbach specifically uses the example of a message board post that anyone could put up without substantiation. Duncan explains, I wouldn't say it's limited to media stories or social media. We have information coming in from lots and lots of different sources. But we also know that sources have their own agendas. We've always got to ask why it is that somebody would put something on a message board. We know that there are folks out there who want to use the infractions process to advance their own agendas, and we work really hard to be discerning consumers of information and know that sources may have their own reasons for sharing information. We don't want to fall prey to that. We don't want to be a pawn in somebody else's scheme. We work really hard to test information that comes in. We're common sense people. We're not so cynical that we think everybody's lying to us, but we're also not so naive that we believe everything that every booster puts on a message board. Further, headlining attorney Tom Mars shares his incredulity at the NCAA's new charging standard for NIL cases, writing, the NCAA has lost its mind. Where else in the free world is there a presumption of guilt based on a tip or a news story? ESPN's Dan Murphy responds, the NCAA in this instance is the schools. The national office doesn't make rules, the schools do. So this is the schools getting together and saying, we need a guilty until proven innocent standard to police ourselves, and we trust the indie office to do it with common sense. Oregon and Washington are not the squeaky wheel in the Pac-12's media rights negotiations, JohnCanzano.com reports, citing one source who says, no deal has even been presented for us to sign a grant of rights. Canzano adds the context that UO and UW do have some leverage when it comes to media rights, but they do not appear to be wielding it at this time. One high-level campus source at one of the two schools tells him Oregon and Washington are highly motivated to see a deal done. Our schools have not slowed that down. Also from Canzano, the Pac-12 has a rainy day fund with a balance of $22.6 million, according to the league's last tax filing. The Athletics' Matt Fortuna observes some trends from the latest football coaching cycle, starting with FCS to FBS moves. After four different FBS programs turned to the FCS level to fill their head coach vacancies four years ago, the ensuing three cycles yielded zero FCS to FBS transitions. This year, however, Colorado, Stanford and Texas State hired FCS head coaches to take over their respective programs. One agent tells Fortuna, I think we've come to the conclusion at this point that just hiring to win a press conference ultimately has you trying to win a press conference again in four years. There are a lot of components to being a head coach of a football program, and a lot of them have nothing to do with football, but you still need to do that football portion well to win. At some of these smaller schools you have a really difficult task. You have to teach guys that don't know how to get into a stance to get into a stance. You have to actually coach. At bigger schools, if the players aren't doing it right, you can essentially put them on waivers. Tennessee reported $154.6 million in revenue, its largest total in school history, in fiscal year 2022, and the university projects more growth in fiscal year 2023. Despite the record revenue, however, the Vols finished the fiscal year with a $2.5 million deficit, its largest in four years, based on $157.1 million in expenses. 
payroll for athletics employees increased by $10.5 million, the largest bump for the department in at least a decade, and the Knoxville News Sentinel's Adam Sparks notes UT paid student-athletes $2.6 million in Alston Awards. Vols football finished the year with a $51.9 million surplus, after bringing revenue of $99.1 million against $47.2 million in expenses. UT's strategic plan calls for the athletics budget to increase to $170 million in fiscal year 2023 and $180 million in fiscal year 2024. Also from fiscal year 2022, the Tennessee Fund reported a record year with $80.8 million in total fundraising and $68.6 million in cash receipts in 2021-22. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Thursday, February 2nd. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.